Hey. Hi. What's up? Oh, nothing. I just went for a walk on my lunch break. (laughs) Cold. It's windy. But like the sun was kind of out. So I was like, I need to capitalize on this immediately. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I hear from like the other room that Jude is once again throwing all this food out, which is so much fun. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this isn't good enough for me. Oh, he's cool. such a little shit, but whatever. It's like bird seeds, so whatever. I don't care. You know, like at least if it sits on the bottom of his cage, it doesn't like smell or anything. Yeah. So whatever. It could be worse. Yeah, I guess. Pretty easy cleanup. Well, bird baby. Oh no, I make it stay there. And then he just has to look at it until I I fill it up again. That's a power move on your brain. Yeah, because he does it. He does it because he wants to come out of the cage. Yeah. Which obviously, yes, if it was up to me, I would keep him out all day long because I love when he's out of the cage. Yeah. Then like the problem with that is that when I'm not home for a long time, he's the smaller the bird, the more anxious they are. So the me not being home for a long period of time and he's stuck in the cage is gonna be like well why am I in here I'm usually only in here to sleep you know what I mean so like that's not good for them right oh these children (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh today was a good day today was a good day how are we feeling I feel good I feel relieved that Trump is gone like it's kind of weird how he just like melted away. Like nobody <laughs> said anything about him today, really. Like yeah. so strange. But I mean, I'm not one to glorify politicians. Uh, in fact, I'm a harsh critic <laughs> of politicians, but it's exciting to see like a new face in the White House and hopefully like less divisive. I mean, he has to like, you know, Biden has to kind of deal with the aftermath of what Trump yeah encouraged in the world but uh feeling good feeling hopeful relieved yeah mostly relieved how are you feeling same there was like this um this like meme I guess on twitter of like (laughs) the scene in beauty and the beast where the castle goes from like gloomy to like (laughs) (laughs) golden again like and all the they all turn back into people um and it said this is what happened at noon (gasps) 20th and I was like that is how I feel and yeah. like, yeah, like you said like obviously you know all first of all, all politicians like it's all shady right mm-hmm. all politics and stuff like that but it does feel good it was a hard four years I think for a lot of people even though we're in Canada like everything Trump says or does affects us yeah we get that ripple effect for sure yeah so it's it's nice to see although that little shithead you know what he did no on his um I only know about this because Chris Evans tweeted it <laughs> Trump I heard um, pardoned like 200 people today yeah he did that and his last minute policy changes um were social service providers can discriminate based on sexual orientation adoption <laughs> cool. agencies can turn away same-sex couples and homeless shelters can turn away queer teenagers I was oh like literally you're evil yeah yeah i was like you fucking little shithead like is that really like i guess i'm not surprised anymore i'm not surprised but But it's it's like like, really 
as a human being, is that really what you want your legacy to be? Like literal evil, literal Nazi? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, yeah, so bad. bad. But here's hoping Joe Biden reverses a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, the, Par- the Paris Agreement is a really good first step. Um, so yeah, here, here's hoping. I think it's a good thing that also, and obviously Kamala Harris like has her faults, but I, I do think it's a really good thing that she's his second in command. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty dope to see, you know? I actually was talking to my friend about this today, how, like, she was like, oh, it's so cool that, like, Auntie Kamala's in the Oval Office, whatever, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really, like, care about politicians, but then she was like, it's not necessarily like that you have to re- like view it as you getting representation but it's more like putting into context that like sometimes white people are not the center of the world and like the center of attention and not the center of the story so like for for white people to kind of realize that like there can be a person of color in that position not yeah. so much as like because like, i feel like people of color know that they can eventually get to that point well they hope but like I don't know. It's a very interesting thing. I'm, I'm hoping she does good. I don't know. Like, what else can you hope for in a U.S. government? <laughs> like, truly. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, like, who, who? I don't remember who said it in Lentil Soup, but someone said, like, it'll be nice to go back to, like, normal bad news politics versus. Yeah crisis politics yeah exactly or maybe it was in my entertainment group chat i remember but anyway someone said that it would be nice um which is which is true like it'll be nice not to have to go to bed every night wondering like will world war three start tomorrow (laughs) yeah when you and especially the last year when you think about how many chaotic like crazy things happened in that year like we literally started off 2020 as like World War Three might happen. Remember that? Yeah. And that was in January. Yeah. <laughs> so. That was fucking scary too. Because like also I have, which maybe it, it's um not over dramatic, whatever other word I'm trying to think of. Um, I have like very deep anxieties about like natural disasters and world wars and stuff like yeah. that. So like when those things start trending on Twitter. I do not sleep until I see an article saying like it's not gonna happen. like it's it calmed down or like they spoke and it's you know like yeah. I will not fucking sleep it's yeah. so annoying and like yesterday a volcano erupted in Italy a whole ocean away <laughs> and I was like I was like I was like oh my god but if it erupts like twice in the same like minute and the lava reaches the village and I'm like I'm not even there <laughs> But I feel like you're you're such an like empathetic person that like you're thinking about you in that position because you you have empathy for the people there too, right? Yeah, like because the town is like right there. They're just watching it. I'm just crazy shit. That's fucked. Yeah. But also, like, why are we still building town? I mean, not still. They probably didn't build this town recently. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we? Why are we building towns near volcanoes to begin with? Yeah. Not a good like, it's, it's not it's not like it was dormant for a long time like this wasn't this is like the most active volcano in Europe <laughs> so why was something built there to begin with oh I have no idea I question humanity every day 
so like it was probably like honestly it was probably because like for the views <laughs> for the you know what I mean like I thought even like views on the internet I was like no <laughs> no like the actual view yeah pro- like it must be breathtaking obviously yeah. but like I wouldn't want to fucking live near a volcano you nuts I wouldn't want to be near like just generally a a mountain like super close because you don't know like mountains have their own ecosystems so like crazy Mm -hmm. shit happens around them they like control the clouds and shit scary (laughs) so yeah yeah well cheers to 2021 it started off pretty rocky but i feel like today i feel hopeful and on that note (laughs) let's get into our topic for today you want to introduce it it is drugs and alcohol and more specifically why one is like more normalized than the other but also i think when we talk about drugs we'll mostly be talking about weed (laughs) yeah i know like yeah so to start off i mean i've only done two drugs really maybe three i've done weed which is like not (laughs) doesn't count it's legal (laughs) it's legal here I've done Molly and then like I've taken Adderall when I was not supposed to but that's like (laughs) Adderall is basically speed (laughs) and like none of those are risky drugs so I don't really have a strong take on like highly addictive substances but I do have people in my life who have had really intense experiences with those so like I don't know it'll be an interesting discussion today what have you done uh, if you're cop watching this, no, you're not, sweetie. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have heart disease, so I really haven't done. I was gonna say, probably not a lot. <laughs> no, I did uh, for one summer. I call it the lost summer. Um, <laughs> it was one. It was because it was the summer of me, which I think I've spoken to you a bit about before. I was like discovering heavy metal, and dipping my toes into that world and hanging out with people from that crowd. Yeah. Unfortunately, the people I were hanging out with were just all douchebags. Yeah. Um, so during that time, I was drinking a lot, which especially when you're me, you shouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> and just smoked up a little, but even then not much because it was only when I was with them. Yeah. But my God, like, the first time in my life I was like is this the meaning of white trash because like we went <laughs> camping <laughs> anyway, it was so gross and like oh my god it was and that was actually the last night I stopped like acting like that oh okay. we, went, we went camping and we hotboxed the car we oh god the amount of beer we drank was honestly disgusting and then we smoked again outside the car and like I didn't even make it to like late into the night. I, I just passed out because I was just so fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And I woke up the next morning feeling so terrible. And I remember on the drive home, I was like, never again. Am I doing that to myself? So then I went on like um, a cleanse. <laughs> okay. And I didn't drink for like a whole year because I had felt so shitty that night. That's and then for smoking, I did it like once or twice after again. Um, 
Yeah. Also, just because like I don't really have access to these things. <laughs> so, like, so it's like if it's out of my way, I probably won't ever do it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like my journey into substances influenced by a lot of stuff, but okay, were you underage when you first drank something? Alcohol? Well, yeah, prom night. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first time I drank was the summer after grade nine, <laughs> me and my five 15 year old friends. <laughs> and we had a camp out in my backyard. My mom was in Toronto. My dad was like, I don't know. He was not paying attention to us. And I was like, let's get fucking wasted. And <laughs> we got a two six of Smirnoff original flavor. <clears throat> Literally the sound of that word makes me gag. Really? That's my favorite drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling the police. I'm literally calling the police. It's liquid candy. No, sweetie. You're damaged. (laughs) The trauma speaking. It's coming through. (laughs) So we we between like the four or five of us, we drank this two six. We were fucked up. I have pictures which I will I wish I had them with me, but like they're so stupid. And after that because I went to high school with my older brother who was like the cool guy he was like always throwing parties always like super popular whatever and I was really shy and like awkward in grade nine and ten so like I was like I want to be cool like my brother and also I had that expectation on me of like you're his sister you should be like him like people thought I was the same as him so I like entertained that for a long time where I wanted to be like the party girl and, but I genuinely, uh, to this day, I hate drinking. I hate it. Hate the way it tastes. Everything about it. Ugh. Unless it's a mixed drink, then it's okay. But like. Yeah. If it doesn't taste like fruit or candy, I'm not drinking it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I like would only drink in high school. I only drank when I had my own parties and I developed this weird social thing where I couldn't even go to other people's parties because I was like, I don't want to drink, so I'm not going not gonna to go. And everyone thought I hated them. It was the whole thing. <laughs> but once I got out of high school and like I went to university, but I wasn't in residence. So it was really hard to make friends. Like if you're just on campus, like people were, if you went to Western, you know, people are not nice. <laughs> so <laughs> from then it was kind of just like, if I went to a festival or if I went to the bar, like I would drink a little bit at the bar but I'm a super lightweight, so like, whatever. Same. But mostly like the drug use was, if I was going to a rave or a festival, me and my friends would just take Molly and it was fun. <laughs> like, <it's still laughs> thing, I'm like, that shit was fun because you don't really get like a hangover. It's not addictive. So you're not like scared of getting a dependence on it. And I didn't have to drink a lot and be bloated and shit. So it was just like win-win situation. Yeah. Now, which I feel like we talked about this in our last episode maybe but like nowadays I'll have like one drink at best and like I literally have not done drugs in ages except for weed to sleep so like I don't know I don't know I'm kind of scared I'm like scared to try hard drugs I probably won't ever yeah same like I know because when I was drinking heavily um it was like hard shit too like yeah it was so gross I hated myself (laughs) <laughs> it's like hard vodka um with like not mixed with anything i used to drink rum 
like by the bottle. It was really nasty. And I think because I drank so much straight stuff and I've had such bad experiences, yep. I can't drink it anymore. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, but also I was drinking such hard stuff because I was like super depressed and all that fun jazz. Yep. It's and now, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. You finish. <laughs> no, I was just saying now, like, I took a long break um, from drinking, especially since when I was on my medication, I couldn't drink with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took a long break. So now when I have, <laughs> when I have one drink, it's like, I'm already tipsy. Yep. Same. So like, in a way, which in a way that's really good. You I know like, what I mean? I prefer it that way. I prefer to use it's good saving money but the other the other issue is that like it does create a problem I find if I just want to go out for a dinner and have like a glass of wine yeah it's like I have to pace myself so that I'm eating while I'm drinking it or yeah. else like I can't drive home after <laughs> yep because it gets to me that fast now but maybe it's also the old age who knows <laughs> I don't know it's interesting how drinking is so socially acceptable, yeah. even though like alcohol abuse is prevalent and deadly. Yeah, like, it's so much worse than weed drinking alcohol. God, I know. And so worse. We had this reefer madness shit going on for so long. And it's just like, it kind of comes down to, honestly, it's kind of related to, to COVID in a way, because like COVID, like, the health people are telling us one thing, but the government's telling us something else. And it's mm-hmm. always these two butting heads where like the health department is again saying like, alcohol is really bad for you. But the government's like, no, nah, we're going to promote the shit out of this because we're going to yeah. make money. It's like everything always comes down to money. And I think that's a very scary thing when it comes to. Sure. Well, look at cigarettes. Yeah. Like, why aren't cigarettes illegal? <laughs> they have no benefits at all. None. It literally kills you, just kills you from the inside out. Like, mm-hmm. cigarettes do nothing for you. But, and I never understood why those were legal, but weed isn't. Like, you know, like, weed has medicinal benefits to it, you know? Yeah. Like, I just, I don't get it. And that's the other part. It, because it has those benefits, like, you would think that people were less, um, I don't really know what the word here is, like less uh, argumentative maybe, like when comparing weed to alcohol. Yeah. Right? And I don't know, it's just weird. It's just, and you know what, it's like my, my, my cousin once, she was going on a date and um, she, when she called me back, she's like, oh, she's like, I'm not sure there's like things that bother me. I was like, okay, well, what are the things? And one of the things was that he smokes a lot of weed. And I was like, I was like, I understand that. First of all, everyone has their own, you know, things, right? Like, yeah, whatever. I would, but I know my cousin. So I was like, the only reason why that bothers you is because it's like the social norm to, to think that that's a bad thing. I was like, because you go out partying every weekend with your friends and get smashed. Yeah, that's, it's the same thing, if okay. not worse, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, I didn't think of it that way, and I was like, which, but that makes sense to even think of it that way because people aren't taught to think of it. Yeah, that way, right. And it's like the whole historical component of the war on drugs in general. Like, yeah. 
an extension of oppressing a certain group of people and making mm -hmm. money and profiting off of their you know incarceration especially in the states but still here as well like i think it's such a simple way to look at it is that like weed was so demonized and viewed as a like a terrible i think class a drug which is like the same as cocaine and like whatever but now that it's being legalized the government's getting paychecks and like overpricing their their stock yeah. and it's just like okay well if, if if weed is legal now and you put all these people in jail for this dangerous drug and now the government's profiting off of it maybe you should like let those people go and stop profiting yeah. off their free labor basically because the prison labor is slave labor here yeah. so it's very interesting to see like the development now and i'm hoping that because it's a little bit more socially acceptable to smoke weed or whatever like maybe they will actually exonerate those people you know but well the other interesting thing like i remember here when weed was getting legalized i was very on the fence partially because also and maybe i'm wrong because i don't really know how the drug dealer system works but like if weed is legalized, wouldn't that mean that drug dealers have to sell harder drugs? And like, if anything, doesn't that make the game more dangerous? I don't think so because, because the government weed is like kind of shitty and really expensive. People are still going to the black market to get their weed. That's so fair. I, I never thought I, of it like that. I think it would be different if government provided weed was like on the same level mm -hmm. but i think there's also this relationship between canadians and their weed dealers that's like like in canada weed was kind of like always legal it just wasn't it was more like frowned upon like you didn't really like hear that many people getting like thrown in jail for weed possession i think mm -hmm. it, it's different when you're like a dealer and stuff but like yeah, I don't think I don't think it it's going to push people to sell harder drugs because I don't think the demand for harder drugs goes up. You know what I mean? Especially because yeah. weed is widely available now, like I would argue that the demand goes down. <laughs> but then it's like people who are smoking weed, I don't think they really fall into the same category as like hard drug users in every way. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I feel like someone who's doing cocaine, like regularly, like yeah, they're probably it. doing cocaine, not weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like that's fair. And also, like harder drugs are way more expensive and a more difficult habit to keep, right? So, I think it's a totally different game. But I don't know. Like cocaine scares me. <laughs> like. Yeah. Although it apparently only gives you a high for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it's mad expensive. Yeah. And then like highly addictive. So if you have a highly addictive personality plus a highly addictive substance, plus a really expensive substance, yeah. like that's going to ruin your life. I've yeah. seen it. That's happen. why I can never do drugs because dude, I have, <laughs> I have such an addictive personality. It's yep. so bad. It's like, it is actually really bad. It's one of the things I'm working on in therapy. That's how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's why I've also like, 
yeah, that's why I've also made that, uh, those many decisions to take those breaks from alcohol and I keep it at low quantities now. Like I keep saying, Oh, when, you know, when we go to the clubs, I'm going to get smashed, but like, that probably really won't be the case. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm like one drink sing rain on me, maybe by myself. (laughs) And then that's it. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen like in my own life, people who have lost control, like they always say like, Oh, this drug's not going to take over my life. Like Coke is not going to like, like I can, I can handle it. I can handle it. They, people always think that they are in control when it comes to substances, but you're really not when it's a physiological relationship, right? Like I've seen my friends start to do it like casually. And then, you know, two months later, they've drained their fucking savings account and they're going into work on zero sleep because they can't sleep because they're still rolling like it's yeah it I think it snowballs faster than your body and mind can catch up to it and by the time you realize you're addicted to something it's like way too far gone and another thing is like people don't recognize that they're addicted to things they think that they're I feel like they're resistant to admitting that because it is something that's very difficult to admit and I think especially in like younger age groups from like I don't know like college age like partying is part of the lifestyle for a lot of people so you can probably get sucked into that shit really easily yeah but the same goes for drinking like binge drinking is so common in in university and college and people are just like well partying part of the experience but it's also like I know there's people probably ruining their lives just to like fit in and like and vibe with the the party atmosphere it's scary it's yeah. really scary yeah um what was I gonna say yeah one of the one of the things I also wanted to bring up was like I also think because you mentioned the war on drugs and that was my other that's my other thing about weed is that and I didn't I didn't recognize it until I had watched which sounds so stupid but it's true I hadn't recognized it until I had watched Narcos but I also think it's because it didn't and I could be wrong but I don't think the drug war was as prevalent here than it was in the states you know what I mean so um but it's just interesting and sad kind of um that a lot of people and I think it goes maybe less for our age group but back in the day like didn't realize how many people were dying just so they could get high you know what I mean like which and yeah I don't know and even like the alcohol and cigarettes like there's (laughs) it's just like all so bad for you and people make so much money especially with cigarettes like off of death (laughs) and off of sickness and off of addiction and when I was watching narcos and listening to the interviews that diego luna was doing he was like the reason why i took the show is because americans don't understand how many children in mexico died just so they could get high he said something to that effect and i was like holy fuck <laughs> like i, I you know because you're here you're in north america so you're you're not necessarily thinking of it in that way yeah right and then when you start to look at it not just from weed but like i said with alcohol and with cigarettes you're like the shit that money like 
the stuff that makes so much money is so bad. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I say this pretty much in every single episode, but like every single pleasure that we have in North America is built on the oppression of another mm -hmm. people, like built on their abuse and their neglect and their lack of resources that we're stealing or, you know, whatever the situation may be, like whether it's like any product that we consume, like MacBooks, Apple, at most Apple products, like destroying rainforests for precious metals, all that shit is like, yeah, like whether it's a phone or if it's drugs, like we are always like walking this line of like pleasure versus destruction, I feel. Yeah. But we're so like removed from that situation. Like we're so far removed from the source of everything that we have. Like we don't, why would we think about it when like all we did was go to the store and get it or like go to our dealer and get it? Like we don't, yeah. like our understanding doesn't even go beyond that really. So it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Like, I don't even know like the history of like the drug, the war on drugs really from the Mexico side of things. But I did watch Narcos as well, like the first season, I think, mm -hmm. and the second season. And it's just like- You watched the one with Pedro Pascal instead of Narcos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hot, by the way. Mm. <sighs> but like, <laughs> I know they're both perfect. Oh my God. Um, I don't know, I don't know. Like. It's, it's sad. Though, it's no, sad, but and it's really tragic. But then, like, we literally turn those stories into entertainment for ourselves. Like, how is that? Yeah, well, so, for sure. But there's so the reason. So one of Diego Luna's interviews, someone asked him, not that question, but like, like, how does he feel? Yeah, exactly. Like, because it is a TV show, and he is playing quote unquote the villain, right? um and he was like i forget the name of his character well his character he wasn't playing a character he was playing a real person yeah. but i forget the name of this man but he was based he was before pablo escobar okay, okay. and he like kind of changed the weed game in mexico basically um and so yeah so diego luna was saying that yes it's a tv show but that is why he took the role because people will watch it and hopefully learn yeah from it um and he was saying like it's pretty clear that no one's trying to glamorize uh what he was doing you know what i mean yeah. like um and anyway i i did learn a lot from it because when i watch shows like that that are based on real events i like to look it up as i'm watching to yeah. see what's what um but yeah like it, it's really depressing man like and in one of the interviews, he was saying that he he was a child when that stuff was happening and his father was trying to shield him from it. But they're still trying to navigate stuff that happened back then. Like they're still trying to navigate that now because the of impact. Yeah. Yeah, the impact of what had happened and the fact that it was so embedded also in the government. Mm -hmm. That's even harder, right? Like how do you... How do you keep trying to recover from a system that it's isn't exactly yeah. is still corrupt, right? Yeah. Um, and was corrupt in parts of the states too, because 
the weed was traveling there and money yeah and it was it was rich people buying it yep right and rich people have positions in high places um so that's what I liked about the show was that I learned a lot and it made me feel really sad and terrible and I like that it was about like they really weren't glamorizing anything like even in Narcos with Pedro Pascal like they glamorize if anything him and his partner yeah they don't glamorize Pablo Escobar but it is sad that to get the hot like for Americans to get that 20 minute high that they were so desperate for children were dying in the streets and bombs were going off and all this stuff you know it's a really bizarre situation because like it's lose-lose on both ends only the middlemen win really yeah the dealers and the producers and like the kind of people who are already making so much money like they're the ones who win because the people consuming it are destroying their bodies or destroying their lives you know developing an addiction whatever and the people on the other end who are around that environment where it's being produced being grown whatever like their lives are fucked yeah and like they don't even like there's probably a whole generation who don't even know anything aside from that who like literally grew up every day like this is just what it is now that's crazy yeah crazy um, and then to demonize, it's kind of like in the States, then they demonize the user. Yeah. But like, they're still profiting off of it. So like. And they demonize, as we all very well know, they demonize Mexicans mm-hmm. heavily mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and often call them drug dealers. And again, like just going back to what we just said, like even the ones who were drug dealers, like where do you think the drugs were going, buddy? <laughs> there has to be supply and demand. You need the demand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a reason why they were crossing the border. Yeah. Like, who the fuck do you think was buying it? They, they weren't just crossing the border with their drugs. Like, oh. Like, we'll figure it out from here. I don't know. Yeah. Like, audience for this. it was rich Americans at the time. You know, I don't really know how the times have changed. But, like, rich Americans were the ones buying it. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> just like the, the but anyway we are we already knew that obvi- obviously like to if you're a racist it's because your thought process doesn't make any sense right so that's that's how that's how it is for them it just doesn't have to have any logic behind it they could just hate it they could just hate mexicans because they want to yeah and True. there doesn't need to be a reason but um yeah but here's a question for you because i get into arguments a lot with people about this <laughs> okay um, do you think you can get addicted to weed? Um, physiologically, no, but like, yes. Like, I don't think your brain gets addicted to weed the way that your brain would get addicted to cocaine, but I do think that you can develop a dependency and it becomes like adjacent, addicted, addiction adja- adjacent, you know, like, I know people who can't like go a day or an afternoon without smoking and it's it's like oh they're always like oh I could I could do it I could go I'm like okay (laughs) like don't do it (laughs) like I don't care who are you proving it to for me like I think that it's definitely not on the same level as a, a true addiction but I think the dependency and using it as a crutch for 
whatever you're using it as a crutch for is a very important like key factor in like considering it an addiction like people who are addicted to or who get in the process of getting addicted to things i feel like there's always some sort of element of emotional or situational there's always those elements that like push them to become addict like people don't want to be addicts yeah nobody wants to be an addict and like i feel like it's all fun and games until it's not whereas like with weed it's not as like destructive in its mm -hmm. path to addiction i think it's more of a dependency what do you think yeah well shockingly i agree <laughs> <laughs> no because the, so oh. the <laughs> i've gone to a lot of past arguments of like whether or not you can get addicted and i was trying to explain to a friend of mine yeah that the relationship that someone she knew had with weed i was like that's if that's like a dependent relationship i was like this person cannot go to bed without it yeah can't function throughout a hard situation without it feels maybe not withdrawal symptoms to the point of like harder drugs like you were saying but feels that anxiety like mm -hmm. when they're not on it or not knowing when they can have an ex i was like that's addiction dude i'm like i'm sorry i'm like if we can get addicted to something like coffee yeah you can get addicted to weed and then i got here with the well coffee's not the same i was like it is definitely the same it's classified as a drug yep. <laughs> and is really not hard i mean harm technically everything's harmful but like come when you compare it to everything else is really not harmful but people could still get addicted to caffeine for sure like i mean i need my one cup a day because if i skip it i get a crazy headache yeah so there you go so it's just like but it's just like and obviously it tends to be the people who have this dependency with me that argue with me <laughs> yeah. which is to be expected but i was just curious there's a lot of people in my life who <laughs> have a dependency on it and they don't they like the people i'm talking about hadn't realized that until they had really tried hard to remove it for a while mm -hmm. and then they were like oh shit i'm like yeah bro <laughs> like if you just step away for a moment you might not phys physiologically be addicted but you're using it as a crutch for so many things and that's not healthy yeah. It's different if you're using it in like a therapeutic way. I feel like if you have anxiety or if you have like physical pain and you're using it for that, mm -hmm. that's completely different. But if yeah, you're just I like agree. a normal, okay, not normal, neurotypical person and you're just using it or like physically able-bodied, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and you're just using it and using it and using it, that becomes a crutch, a dependency, just like anything else would like addiction yeah. i feel like people have this idea of what it is but they don't really understand what it is and uh, i mean that's like pretty much everything people think they know but they don't know yeah, <laughs> but especially sure. with addiction like they just picture like someone who is like out of their mind in the streets like that's not always addiction there's high functioning addicts like, there's people who are in your life who have addictions and you probably don't even yeah. know i think there needs to be like I don't know, in terms of like alcohol abuse and drug abuse, there needs to be more of an understanding of what that means and what 
and how we perceive it and how we like approach it as a social issue because right now like I don't know how it is where you live but like in London there's a huge fentanyl problem and just like opioid problem and people literally if you look on like London Free Press articles people are literally just like terrible disgusting they look they view people with addictions as less than human yeah that needs to like really stop because I mean it's almost weird it's like people who are alcoholics or like alcoholic adjacent behavior is like praised or like it's like funny to a point but then it's like as soon as they hit that point suddenly they're like you need to get your shit together it's like they have an addiction like people need help like you our society and our culture like promotes these ideas of like partying being cool smoke weed like do drugs whatever in all of our like literally if you look at any show like I have not seen a show that doesn't like not technically promote but like show people drinking or smoking or whatever like we've normalized it to this point now we need to normalize helping people yeah have fallen into that situation you know yeah I totally agree yeah well not a problem again (laughs) (laughs) I think the hardest we ever disagreed was on the Star Wars trio (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and the Smirnoff that was actually that was the hardest I think you've ever disagreed with me yeah and I said no ma'am you're you're ill take it away (laughs) what is your we just said like promoting and now I'm about to ask you what is your (laughs) what is your favorite drink oh bro I like literally don't drink enough to have a favorite drink if I was to go out I would get like a Caesar okay that's like like, that's spicy isn't it yeah it's more like a snack (laughs) 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 yeah 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 (laughs) vegan things (laughs) um yeah like a Caesar or just like a vodka bar lime like something where I can't taste the the hard liquor it's just like a Sprite or something or like something super crazy and fruity you know I went when I was in Banff we were at the hotel and I ordered this fancy ass drink and I was like this is nasty and what so, was it do you remember so pardon do you remember what it was or no um it was a Cosmo you don't like Cosmos it tasted <laughs> disgusting it tasted so gross oh I okay. it was actually it was like it was called the Bradshaw so it was like a specific type of Cosmo got it okay and it was like hella strong I was like I can't drink this okay. I literally ordered a drink it was like a kid's menu drink, but then I was like, just add a little bit of alcohol. It was called like Funky Monkey or something, like a smoothie. <laughs> my friend, it literally came in a monkey cup. That's so and All my friends had like martini glasses and I was like, yeah, with my straw. <laughs> um, What's your drink? Smirnoff is my drink. Or just a daiquiri, smoothie? because it's like, oh, it's kind of what you just said, it's like a smoothie basically, yeah, <laughs> with like one shot of alcohol. Yes. Um, but okay, you want to hear the dumbest story? Yeah. Ever. This was, I think, me like at my height of being a tired adult. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So when I went to Disney of all places with <laughs> with my best friend, yeah. um, the day we arrived, because I made our whole schedule for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the day we arrived, I was like, uh, we'll go to downtown Disney because it's chill. We'll walk around, shop a little um have dinner whatever 
And I wanted to take her to this uh, place called the Rainforest Cafe. Oh yeah. We went and they're like, okay, we don't have any, any spots inside. Do you guys mind sitting outside like where the bar is, whatever. So we're like, that's fine, whatever, we'll sit outside. So <laughs> we're sitting outside, we're having a great time. We ordered um, strawberry daiquiris and we feel so fucking cool because they didn't card us. We're like, look at us, we're like living it up. The sun is like beating down on us. We are, we were like drunk. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, well, drunk. Like I said, we only had like the one. But anyway, so we were like really out of it. Okay. <laughs> really, really out of it. So then a few, whenever our next downtown Disney schedule came, we're like, oh, let's go back and like we'll, we'll ask for the same uh, spot or whatever. Yeah. So we went back. This time we were sitting at the bar. So the guy who's there, he, he carded us. So we're like, all right, fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. We were both, we were both over 21. Um, so he gives us the daiquiris and we take a sip and we're like, we're like, holy fuck, like these are really strong. <laughs> like it was really weird how strong they were. So I looked at Dina and I was like, bro, the other ones were virgin drinks. <laughs> we weren't drunk, we were just tired. <laughs> tired and dehydrated. <laughs> I was like, we were just so tired from the sun that we thought oh my we God. were drunk. That's so good. Yeah, but we were sober as ever that day. <laughs> just so, so fucking exhausted that we we're like, oh, it must, it must be this strawberry daiquiri that tastes only like strawberries. Yep. Because <laughs> um, yeah, when we tasted the difference, we're like, yeah, we fucked up. <laughs> yeah. We fucked That's up. So funny how like the placebo effect really works yeah. like I feel like even now if I like just get in this mood of like oh we're going out like whoa, like I feel like silly and weird and yeah, like drunk sure. and I don't even have to drink so honestly though a virgin strawberry daiquiri is so delicious oh it was so it was so, and it came it was huge it was like almost like a whole bowl yeah. <laughs> of, of, of strawberry daiquiri Oh man, it was fucking good. But that was my first really big, like, stupid adult moment. <laughs> like, like, that moment of realization was really heavy. And the bartender also that day overheard us. Yeah. So he was like making drinks and chuckling. And I was like, this guy thinks we're a fucking idiot. 1000%. Funny. I don't yeah. think I've ever, like, thought I was drinking but wasn't but usually when I drink a lot I just get so shit-faced that like I go to sleep like every year on my birthday up until I turned like 23 maybe Ben would just like be at the parties with me and he would just have to like tell everyone to leave because I just be <laughs> sleeping on the couch wasted like I can't do it I remember I think it was first or second year of university um again like hard to make friends so I just like gathered my old friends <laughs> and I was like oh I got like a party bus we're gonna go to the bar after for Halloween so we were all dressed up and I drank so much in the pre at the pre drink and on the bus I was like guys I don't know it was literally 10 30 we get to the bar my brother was working there I was sleeping on the couch in the bar <laughs> and he was like you can't sleep you're gonna get kicked out I was like whatever <laughs> and then I literally left the bar at 11 and I vomited out the taxi Oh my lord of heaven. And after that, I was like, maybe I should figure my shit out. 
I don't think I like <laughs> drinking because I, I don't know where my limit is. So, yeah. yeah. I have that problem too. Not at the time when I drank a lot, I never knew. Or I didn't know what the limit was and just didn't seem to care. Um, but yeah, the, that's the, the other reason why I don't drink often, uh, not often, the reason why I don't drink a lot though anymore either, because like, I'm already an emotional person. <laughs> so <laughs> if I drink a lot, I get extremely emotional. Like when yeah. I used to go clubbing with my friends, oh my God, my poor friend, Matthew, I would like end up outside wandering the streets by myself, a woman <laughs> wandering, who's not dressed weather appropriate, wandering the streets <laughs> yep. by herself. So my poor friend, Matthew would be like sitting down with me on the sidewalk and just like, listen to me talk about these like things that don't matter, but that I'm getting very emotional about anyway. Yeah. And I was just like, this is really things that I should only be talking about in therapy, which now I do. So we, we tap it. You got a little switcheroo. Yeah. Sorry? You got a little switcheroo. Exactly. So yeah. now I cap it usually at two drinks, which does the trick anyway. Same. And especially with wine, it's like if you take your time, that, that, that one half a glass or whatever can last you like a good 30 minutes, depending how you're drinking it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, one thing I never really like understood about the alcohol scene is that like I don't think it tastes good no matter what and I've tried for so long to find a wine where I'm like mm, tasty like I can't do it I think it's like genetic low-key because like brown people don't really drink well Muslim brown people don't drink mm -hmm. so there's no like there's no like hereditary like oh try this when you're like younger have a little sip yeah. of this or whatever I don't know but Maybe. Honestly, in Italy, like when you're 12, you're already having a first sip of wine. Yeah. I feel like that's completely normal. Yeah. Yeah. But it's literally forbidden in my culture. So, um, which is another- Are your parents like, very strict on it? No. See, my parents are like pretty lenient because their parents were super strict. So they basically okay. let us do whatever we wanted. Um, as long as they like knew we were being responsible, which is why like I would always have parties at my house and not go to parties. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like <laughs> the first time I was wasted in front of my parents, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. This is embarrassing. This is disgusting. I hate this. <laughs> um, but honestly, yeah, like looking towards 2021 summer or like 2022 summer, I can't wait to be fucked up in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> want to be on the beach fucked up passed out you know what it That's is more her. fun to day drink i find totally is because i'm not tired of and like you don't feel like that i for me i don't feel the pressure to like be wasted like i can just like yeah, nurse my drink fun. nurse my drink it's like sunny out enjoying yeah. the day you know and then you sober up yeah, by the evening it's like you don't have you don't necessarily have to have the intention to be drunk you're just like having a drink yeah yeah, that is reason. yeah so i don't know. You know what i do find overhyped and disgusting not counting cosmopolitans or maybe just the one i had was very candy-ish but i find martinis are fucking gross i had like this bright blue one once which yeah. i just chose for the color because <laughs> yes. i was like it's bright blue it's probably gonna taste That's like cotton candy how i choose drinks so yeah yes I, I choose things that look like they will taste like candy honestly yeah. and it was 
I would like to like go somewhere. There's a place in London called Toboggan and it basically gives you like a sled of different beers that you can taste. I would like to do that, but with all like the classic cocktails because I really haven't tried that many. So I don't really know. Like when people are talking about their favorite drinks and stuff, I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't even know. What are the classic cocktails? Let's check. Yeah. I don't know. I always see it in TV shows. People drinking like whiskey from a glass. Just oh, my God. Just the smell of whiskey and scotch is disgusting. Um, margaritas. Okay. I've had, I've had margaritas. But like, I've had them watered down, I would say. So well, I have like slushy margaritas. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that version is good. Um, like I said, my cosmopolitan that I had was good. It tasted like candy. Yummy. Um, there's something called a Negroni. Never had that. Heard that's good. A Moscow Mule. Oh, I love Moscow Mules. Again, another like kind of spicy drink. Yeah. Well, yeah. Part of the, part of what goes in is a ginger beer, so I can imagine. It's nice. Um, martini, which I find are so like. Martini oh, is like vodka with an olive, isn't it? And water. Uh, vodka, verm- something called vermouth. Oh yeah. And lemon peel or olive. Uh, mojito, which I've had. Those are I've good. Had a mojito, yeah. Yeah, I could drink a lot of those. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, whiskey sour, which is probably gross. Um, a French seventy-five. Huh. Which has gin, simple syrup. I don't know what that is. Lemon juice and champagne. That actually sounds fucking good. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good. Uh, Manhattan, which I've never had. A spritz, which I have had, and those are good because it doesn't taste like alcohol. It yeah. just tastes like soda, basically. Nice, yeah. A gimlet. Don't know what that is. Sounds, sounds like, like a, a helmet. I don't know. <laughs> what did you say? Sounds like a what? Sounds like a helmet. Huh. Um, a sa- Sazerac. Don't know what that is either. Fake. Don't believe it's real. <laughs> a a Pim's cup, which I've never heard of in my life. <laughs> never heard of that. A mimosa, which is my favorite breakfast drink. Oh, mimosa. That I love. A Paloma. A sidecar. I've heard of those, but they sound gross. <laughs> a mint julep. Okay. Daiquiri, which we both have said yeah. that those are good. Dark and stormy. Don't know what that is. Heard of that. Martinez. And then that's it. When you come here, hopefully <laughs> in the summer or the winter or whenever, we can do like a little mini tasting menu of all the classic cocktails and then record. That would be fun. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. That would be for the, the time we do our video together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. I'm down. <laughs> that'd be pretty sick. <sighs> anyway, I think that's our time today. That shit flew by. Yeah. We started very Well, who knew we had so much to say about drugs and alcohol? I really, I thought this was gonna, I thought, I'm gonna be honest, I thought like at the 40 minute mark, I was gonna be like, I'm gonna have, we're gonna have nothing left to say. <laughs> but for two people good, who like don't do drugs or drink really, we did have a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why. So I'm happy, I'm happy we made it. Yeah. All right. Well, to everyone who tuned in, thank you. We love you. Um, what is this? Episode eight? crazy yeah um we'll see you next next time thanks bye bye